you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Good Morning Football! Hey, happy Friday! Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live in New York City. It's December 1st. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Guys, do you think Dak Prescott heard us talking about him yesterday when we said, is he the best player even on his team? Mm. I think he heard it. I think he heard it because that was impressive what he did last night. balling out. He hung. Very happy for the good folks. Uh, Jeff Bezos, very happy today. Yes, uh, uh, Lauren Sanchez, very happy. Yes. Uh, Mike Mariano, we yes. love you. Yes. Uh, guys, uh, Cowboys, Seahawks, zero punts. Cowboys win. Cowboys are 9-3. 41-35, zero punts. We're going to hear from Mike McCarthy, but first, number four for the Dallas Cowboys in a shimmering, beautiful jacket. Take it away, Dak. Yeah, it's fun. Um... It's what you play the game for as a quarterback to have the ball in your hands with an opportunity to go win the game, uh, take the lead, whatever it may be. Um, we, we practice those situations a lot, too. So, I mean, it's credit to Mike, the staff, and, and just the rest of the rest of the guys and the players of being prepared and locked in. Zach's playing great ball. Uh, it's just it's it's fun when you know, you know when you're in this rhythm. He has such great command. Um, and it's you know and it's it's just a connection, you know, with his teammates, um, you know, on the field at the line of scrimmage. You know, we're getting in and out of things seamlessly. You know, we're we're playing with a really good pace, and you know, and that's just how we want to play. We want to attack, and you can only do it, you know, with the with the championship, you know, caliber quarterback. And and, and Dak is is that guy. One word stood out for Mike McCarthy there as it pertains to Dak Prescott command. He did seem like he had a feel for the game and the Cowboys needed it, specifically on offense last night. Dak balled out. Jason, takeaways from that game that at times I was nervous watching it. Like, are the Cowboys going to Cowboy this situation again after we have built them up mm-hmm. all week? I'm usually a guy that comes on. I want to talk about defense. God, yeah. plays is that in the third. Kyle, you said it. There were zero punts in the (laughs) game. It was offense, a plenty starting with DK with the long touchdown. But it all comes back to Dak Prescott. This guy has been unbelievable. You look at what he was able to do last night when the Dallas Cowboys defense, who typically makes plays, Deron Bland pick sixes, Micah Parsons getting out the quarterback. Seattle was moving the ball up and down the field, and every single time Dak responded after the game, he said, no opinion defines me. People can say whatever they want. I have the pen. 
I have the paper. I'm the one writing. Awesome. That, that is a bar right there. Dropped an album, make a song. I am here for it. He showed up when he needed to. Last six games, 20 touchdowns, only two interceptions. We can talk about who he's playing, all this, that, and the third. Dak is getting out there, and he is finding his guy, C.D. Lamb, and they are making plays. The combination of those two last night from the beginning of the game, him being able to him, Dak getting outside the pocket, running. We saw him right there towards the end against Rick Woolen. He makes a tackle. He gets up in his face. He's talking trash. Take you all the way back to training camp when Trevon Diggs was talking trash to yeah. Dak Prescott. And we were all making a big thing out of it. We love this side of Dak that we're seeing. He's confident. He's going out there. He's about to be a new father. We saw some dad strength out there on the sure. football field, and he is absolutely playing his best. He is leading this Cowboys team. We talked about him as a possible MVP yesterday. Yep. He went out there in prime time and continued to show it, performed. He has to his name. Is it, he's just moving up the ranks right now for that possible MVP. Gino went throw for throw. Gino, Gino lit up that Cowboys defense. Gino was out there throwing it. Metcalf had a career day. Uh, it felt like Smith and Jigma made three or four amazing catches. And the defense for the Cowboys, which we've been you know, calling the 76 Steelers and the 2000 Ravens the last few weeks, they were getting lit up. And then in the fourth quarter, Seahawks are up five. They decide to go for it on fourth down. And just as you think the defense can't do anything, they make a play. Yeah. And, and it was seven minutes left to go in the game. They don't make this play. Seahawks come down. They score. We're talking two-score game. Instead, they make a play. Then, end of the game, third and two, after Geno converted a couple first downs and was marching the ball downfield. Again, a touchdown loses this for the Cowboys. Geno, incomplete. Big play there. Great pass defense. And then the one you were talking about, Kyle, in the highlight here. Wish. Micah Parsons goes untouched, and he pursues Geno Smith. So my takeaway is you see that score, 35 points. You see DK Metcalf already won 4,000 fantasy leagues in one night last night mm-hmm. for her teams. When the defense needed to step up, mm-hmm. Bland got an interception after getting roasted all night. They stopped the play on the fourth and one. And then in the last two plays of regulation, when Geno Smith was going up and down the field the entire game, the defense did show up. I come out of that game feeling, all right, those first three quarters, forgettable. Let's Fourth quarter when they were needed, usually the Cowboys are not the team that steps up in the clutch. They were, and maybe that's what's different this year from years past. Bland got roasted. Like on a spit. It was tough. It was bad. Tough night. Rough. Tough night for him. We'll talk about Bland. But uh, I, you guys know, all I ever say about the Cowboys is why is this team different? Why yeah. is this team different than every other Cowboys team I've seen? Dak feels different right now. I, I have to give it to him. There's just something intangible when you're watching the games and you've seen Dak play a lot of football. When he drops back to pass, you believe he's going to make it happen. You don't think there's going to be some dumb play. It's not going to be intercepted. He's not going to fall all over himself. He looks amazing. And I, I'm watching Mike McCarthy talk about him afterwards, about how good Dak is. And I'm like, Mike has seen this before. Like, he looks like MVP Rodgers right now. He really does. Jason said some numbers. Dak hit rock bottom against San Francisco. That was over seven weeks ago. Since then, he has been not Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about one of those crazy, like, four interception Aaron Rodgers seasons where you're like, how is he doing this? You know, this week, Rodgers is talking to Pat and saying, I love watching Dak. It's because you're watching yourself. Like, (laughs) maybe it's his ego. I don't know. Or maybe he just appreciates it. I'm watching Dak right now, and I see Rodgers from three, four years ago, or maybe the first run of MVPs he has. I I watch him drop back, and I'm like, oh, Dak's got this. I'm not worried about a thing. When have we said that about the Cowboys? We're not worried about a thing. There's always that tension underneath. I've also said for years that Dak is just Kirk Cousins. They're the same exact player. No, they're not. I don't think Kirk has ever been this good, and Kirk's been Mm. really good, especially to start this season. 
Dak's fantastic. The defense, I don't know. Like that was, I, I know they made some big plays. No, I, I see 35 against the Seahawks team that's been scoring in the teens lately. That that's a that's a problem. And you start to think like, God, if Seattle doesn't for 35, what the hell is San Francisco going to do or Philly? We don't. That's not Dak's problem. Dak is like, I don't care. Score 70. I'll score 71. He is <laughs> feeling it right now. And when he's screaming and flexing and he's, like, giving quotes about I got the paper, that's a very poetic <laughs> thing to say. Like, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. What's different about this Cowboys team? This is the best quarterback to play that they've had in years. Yeah. Maybe decades. Wow. Honestly, that long. They've never had an NFL MVP as a quarterback. Never. Their last MVP is Emmett. Dak right now is playing better than Romo ever did, than Aikman ever did. Just look it up. He's unbelievable. Will he collapse? I don't know. Right now, though, he's different. It's awesome. Oftentimes, the question we ask about Dak, and to your Kirk Cousins point, is like, who would you want on a game-winning drive when yep. you're down and you're at a two-minute drill? And right now, you'd pick Dak 10 out of 10 times by how he's, he's playing. Good. It was sloppy at times last, last night. If you're watching it, you love your football, but you don't love it with a side of laundry on the field. There were 11 penalties called against the Cowboys in the first half alone. Eight of them went against the defense. So the Seahawks started out fast, sure, offensively, but the refs were also pushing the ball yep. down the field for the Seahawks. To Kyle's point, the Cowboys' defense, they were giving up points left and right. And it is a little tenuous when you consider the fact that they played the 49ers, they've played the Eagles, and now they give up this many points to a Seahawks team. That's points allowed on the right, and that's not great. Two of those games are on the road. Now you have to consider you're going to have the Eagles at home next week, and you hope that that shifts a little bit back your way. But... Guys, any cause for concern, whether it be defensive or mental errors when it comes to the penalties for the Cowboys? You talked about penalties. Both these teams going into the game were the two most penalized teams in the NFL, and it held true. You're talking about Seattle moving down the field. It was the same when Dallas had the ball. It was just defensive. The backfield, DBs getting penalty after penalty, illegal mm-hmm. contact, holding, pass interference. The concern for the Cowboys right now is you watched their defense last night, and obviously to Deron Bland last week and throughout the beginning of Let's this week, about all we've talked about was defensive player of the year and I was one of the main ones pick six after pick six and something I said the toughest thing you're talking about winning defensive player of the year as a DB the hardest thing is you have to perform every single week we talk about Michael Parsons as a possible defensive player of the year as well if a guy on the front end if you're in the wrong gap or you don't have a good rush no one knows as soon as a DB as soon as you give up a play everybody at home my seven-year-old son can watch the game and if he sees me get dunked on and somebody catches a pass on my head dang daddy that's your fault and that was the type of night for Deron Blair that first half was rough a penalty in the end zone for Smith and Jigba gives him another touchdown then they throw it right back at him he made the adjustment so did the Cowboys in the second half they moved Stephon Gilmore over to match up DK Metcalf he followed him around the field and Deron Bland went opposite he made an interception he made a play Mm. If you've never been out there on that island against a really good receiver, you don't know mentally what that's like. There's a challenge physically to go out there and defend a DK Metcalf and then to have to come back mentally after you've given up come a 70-yard pass. You've given up a slant for a touchdown. He did that in the second half. He came back. He performed decent, but they had to move him off the best receiver. That is something that you're going to have to watch going forward yeah. because we talked about them throwing the ball at Gilmore because of how well Bland was playing early so, on. This is important because the GMFB, the B stood for Bland over the past couple of months. Yes, we talk a lot yes. of Bland. Yes. I've never heard of a defensive player of the year being 
pulled no. off a receiver. Like, I don't remember Dion guarding Chris Carter in 94, and they're like, sorry, Dion, Eric Davis, get in there and guard. That doesn't happen. Peter, you have a good pulse for this. Yeah. Was last night a good night for T.J. Watt, like, in yeah. terms of the defensive I, I player of the good, year? A good night for everyone else, yes. And Bland did have the interception, but, like, you also have to realize, after breaking the record and jumping in the kettle and all of us talking about now you got a target on your back also. Yeah. And DK Metcalf and Smith and G, but they're watching it the and they're like, okay, let's go, let's go destroy this guy. Um, I <laughs> I actually feel a little bit more confident with the Cowboys after last night. Mm. And they've been blowing out teams, blowing out teams. But the fact they – we called it uh, – Bobby Wagner called it a couple of weeks ago, what, the grimy games? Like we had to win some of those grimy games? Or was it Fred Warner? Fred, Fred Warner. Warner. Yeah, Fred, Fred Warner. Warner. Yeah. That was a grimy game for them. I know the scores were, were huge, but like they were losing in this game. They were down five at, in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter at home. And they had watched DK Metcalf do just all, whatever he wanted on them. And they found a way to come back, and mm-hmm. they won. So I kind of like seeing them have to win that style of game also, not just run away first minute of the game to the end of the minute yeah. and win by 32 right. points. Yeah. God, Dak was so good, though. Like, defense, great. defense, defense, and you're just like, that's a cool way to watch it. It is. Cowboys I was saying yesterday, I'm like, are the Seahawks going to win this game? Is this this Cowboys leg? Yes. And it was there for like three hours. They like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then, no, they, they finished. So it did give us some clarity in the NFC playoff picture because the Seahawks, they've had a rough couple of weeks. So you now see them... Um, Still holding the seventh seed in the wild card. The Cowboys, to Kyle's point yesterday, you want to retain, if you can't win it in the NFC East, you want to retain that five seed because then you're playing the Falcons in the first week. And that would be probably good for the Cowboys to go on the road to Atlanta. The Eagles right now, they hold the top spot in that division in the NFC. And uh, the Cowboys host them next week. But first, the Eagles must play a formidable 49ers team, the team that's just below them as Ian Rappaport joining us now, our NFL Network insider. Ian, uh, injuries to watch for maybe even in that game heading into the weekend. Well, we'll start with A.J. Brown, the star receiver for the Eagles. Has been limited, not just this week, but actually the last couple weeks, dealing with a thigh injury. A limited participant yesterday, limited participant on Wednesday. His participation today, how much he practices, is he full go or not? will go a long way in telling us whether or not he is going to play on Sunday. Last week, did the same thing, limited, and then was full on Friday. Wouldn't be surprised to see the same thing here for the Eagles, who are unlikely to have Fletcher Cox for this game. Meanwhile, for the Miami Dolphins coming off a big and kind of insane win against the New York Jets on Friday, they did have a somewhat uh, interesting injury worth watching. Tyreek Hill, their speedy receiver, we saw DK Metcalf go faster than him yesterday. You know he's not thrilled about that. His participation is obviously somewhat up in the air. Did not practice Wednesday. Was limited on Thursday dealing with an ankle injury. Did have over 100 yards on Friday, so really didn't seem to be too affected. I would not be surprised at all if he came back, practiced, increased his participation today, and be ready to go against the Washington Commanders. And then here's one that popped up yesterday thanks to J.J. Watt, I guess. Uh, Zach Ertz, the Pro Bowl tight end for the Arizona Cardinals, was waived. This was by mutual decision. He actually requested it. The Cardinals said, okay, that's fine. He gave up a game check to facilitate it. He is now on waivers. He got almost $3 million this year. He got $11 million next year. That's a lot to claim on waivers this time of year, but we will see a couple of the teams to watch, potentially, whether claim or sign. The Philadelphia Eagles, potential reunion, certainly one Uh, To watch there, Baltimore Ravens, who lost Mark Andrews. What about the Bills? They have dealt with some tight end injuries. 49ers have always liked Zach Ertz. Definitely a storyline to play out later today. 
this is a massive game in the yeah. NFC nice. as the two-seeded 49ers are headed to Philadelphia. It's almost like Cowboys are like, fine, all eyes on that, all eyes on that, because we've heard a ton of trash talk leading up to this game, mm-hmm. and now it's almost here. So what do we feel like is going to be come Monday morning? I'm getting all my days of the week right now. What will be the biggest storyline, do we think, from Niners-Eagles as we sit here at the breakfast table, Peter? Yeah, I just think it's going to be a nasty game and mm-hmm. that we're going to see all these stars playing, but I think it's going to be decided in the trenches. And I'll rely on Baldinger and Michael Robinson and the other guys who are going to break down the film on this network. But I will say this. You're dealing with so much strategy on how to get guys. This one might just be who's the tougher team on the trenches and who's going to be it as far as defensive line and offensive line. Who's it? And they've been talking smack, and these guys like to talk smack. And, like, I, I just can't imagine what's going to happen the first time that Jalen Carter comes out and then it's going to be Trent Williams giving him a little edge. And on the other end, you've got, obviously, Chase Young and Bosa and these guys, and it's Maialata, and it's, it's of course, our big boy Kelsey. Um, I think this is, like, the prequel to what they might be seeing later on. And I know we just talked about the Cowboys for a long time. I can't help but feel this feels a little bit like Cowboys Niners of the 90s when they would play in the regular season around like week 11 week 12 and you knew they were going to play in the playoffs again this is going to be part one and if you really want to go back to last year when this thing really started this is part two part three might be in January so I'm just here for Mm. this is one of those Mm -hmm. uh, you know my my buddy Todd calls this a a rocking chair game where you sit in a rocking chair you throw the the thing around and you're just going to watch like this is a rocking chair game just let me watch football I don't want to have to have any predictions or anything let me just enjoy this game because this is what we do it for this is why we watch Bears versus Panthers on a Mm. Thursday night because we get this one on a Sunday okay this is the gift that's Todd McShay who said that that's my boy Todd that's That's it it. (laughs) you like football you like competition this is where you want to be watching this game and I'm excited for this one because you get to see the two heavy hitters go at it and we talked about it uh, the 49ers last talked about right, we lost Brock Purdy the boohoo's all this that and the third and Kyle you made the point this week you were like Philly ran the ball all over them. So for this 49ers defense, all right, you got your quarterback back. All right, what are you going to do? How are you going to show up? How are you going to defend Jalen Hurts? How are you going to defend A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and all of these guys? That's what I'm here to see. I want to see defensively how they step up and get their job done Mm -hmm. in order to let Purdy and Debo and CMC and all of those guys cook. Well, I think that's going to be the story. I think it's going to be Purdy. And if, I mean, this is a big matchup for Purdy and a lot of almost literal scar tissue against Philadelphia. And he's going against this defensive front. Like, you guys ruined my Disney movie. I, I was going to win the Super Bowl last year. I, I was going to be the biggest story in the history of sports. It, it is about the trenches. It is about the O-line, D-line. It's also this. And if you are really genuinely disliking the Niners and you're on the Eagles and you have a little wickedness about you and your name might be Hassan Reddick, you think you're not chirping maybe at Purdy, giving him a little bump? Maybe you're going to make sure you pass rush him early? Brock Purdy had his world rock. The entire team did about 20 seconds into the last time they played. Now we're running this one back. I think it's more more than just obviously the Philly front and can Purdy continue to do it on a big stage and all those questions we've been asking. Also, I think this is a really personal game for Brock Purdy and the fact that this knocked him out of the the game, out of the season. I want to see how Purdy shows up psychologically in this one. Look, we've made a million robot jokes about him. This is going to be the hardest he's had to compartmentalize and focus probably in his career. In that that building, too, which is where the House of Horrors went down. Massive. Back there in the same building. Like, that's, I don't think he forgets stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I'm looking at how Purdy composes himself. I expect he will. This is like a premier coaching matchup, too. Like, the Sirianni-Shanahan thing, just all season long, has been spectacular to watch from like a 
personality standpoint and a gamesmanship standpoint and the way these two operate their teams and their organizations, I find completely fascinating. It's like the Mike McDaniels experience is, is in, Mike McDaniel is interesting and it's compelling and he says funny things, but the way Sirianni goes about his business on mm-hmm. the sidelines sometimes, the way Shanahan answers questions sometimes after games is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So those two and just the where they are in their careers and what they have accomplished and hopefully what is to come for them, I find compelling as well. Uh, and, and Nick's going to lean into it this week. But, Jason, as our ex-player, I ask what? you, the whole San Francisco thing, their aura of, like, well, you beat us, but did you really beat us? Yeah, How yeah. would that go over for a locker room if you're Philadelphia? Oh, you're, oh you, you heard Hassan Reddick this week, and yeah. they've been waiting for this matchup because they, they – the 49ers tried to put an asterisk next to the Eagles sure. win last year mm. that led to them in the Super Bowl, and now you get to run it back. And I think Hassan Reddick, he said it beautifully. He was like, we get to lace that bleep up. And that's all the talk that's going on <laughs> in the Philly locker room is, boo-hoo-hoo. Right, you want your second chance? Yeah. You have it. Come into the link, and we're going to show you what we're really about. Keep your quarterback out there. We're going to hit him play after play, and we're going to show up. Remember, in the uh, it was uh, Roy Jones Jr. versus Antonio Tarver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tarver in the first fight had shocked Roy Jones Jr. They come out for the rematch, and they do the thing. The referee says, any questions, gentlemen? And Tarver says, yeah, I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? And I was like, oh! And then he knocked him out, like, to sleep. Like, that's there's there's a question of, you guys got any excuses tonight, San Francisco? Like, that's that type of game. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We're lucky to be starting our Friday with a Indianapolis Colts, their center. He's a three-time Pro Bowl selection. Ryan Kelly, good morning. What up, Ryan? Let's go, baby. How are we doing this morning, New York? Awesome. (laughs) We're awesome, Indianapolis. Let's talk the Colts, Ryan. Uh, 13, week 13, here we go. Holding the final spot in the AFC playoff picture. You guys are, what is the mindset when you go on the road, a divisional matchup, when you're trying to hold serve and you're facing the Titans this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think the challenge is can we do it again, right? They came into our house last time. We bullied them around. Uh, we ran the ball efficiently. We threw the ball well. Uh, we got a big win against an AFC South opponent at home. Um, always the challenge is can you do it again, right? Uh, these guys know who we are. Um, they didn't appreciate, you know, the loss in Lucas Oil last time. So going to Nashville, uh, we know we're going to get the best shot. And so uh, I think that's been the message from day one this week. Um, but at the end of the day, we're playing meaningful football in November, in December. Um, as a player, it's all you can love. I mean, that's, that's really what you get up for. Um, you know, AFC South opponent in Nashville, um, our chance to take that next step and go um, – you know, the, the next AFC win, right? Just keep winning off wins in December um, is really exciting as a player and, and to play for something meaningful. And that's, that's, that's what this team's done every single week is we've just battled. Uh, we've never been out of the fight, you know, and I think that it's really exciting to have that um, as a team. Yeah, it's funny because Jags-Texans last week, everyone was talking about those two teams in the AFC South. You look at the standings, you guys are right there. Mm-hmm. And you yourself have played with the Colts your entire career. You've seen four different head coaches. Now Shane Steichen's the man. What do you like about him, and what do the viewers at home who might not be in that locker room need to know about Shane Steichen? Yeah, I think when you think about 
So I think about Shane, I get this question posed a lot, um, is like three things come to my mind, is the accountability factor, the execution, which in the details, and then having fun. Um, I think that, I think players in the NFL you know, can, can see, you know, if a guy's genuine, if he's being authentic, who he is, and if that's just who he is. He's a winner. Um, he's going to hold guys accountable. It doesn't matter if you're in year nine, if you're a rookie, if you started 100 games, or if you started no games. Uh, the accountability factor has to be there, and I think as, as a professional athlete, you just want to know what the standard is. You want to know what the standard is, what we're going to do to execute and win, and then ultimately, you know, the fun part of that is winning. I think that uh, he does such a great job of, you know, having a message every week for this team that's attainable, um, inspiring guys to go out there, you know, play who they are, um, play together, um, and, and ultimately, you know, when we were three and five, you know, some guys looking a little, a little grim. Uh, but that guy never wavered. I think that his, his true passion is to be a football coach, and he just loves it. And I think you can see it in the way that we play the game, the way that the teammates talk about each other. Um, it's just been, it's been awesome, and, and just, they got the right hire for sure. Ryan, a little elf told us that tis the season for the Indianapolis Colts' official holiday party. We just heard. I can't confirm. Um, I'd like to go just to hear Mr. Ursay's speech, but let me ask you, who gets the game ball for the best hang at the party tonight, and why is it Gardner Minshew? <laughs> Man, uh, I can't speak on if I leaked that information or if you got that from an outside source, but Inside. I do believe that, you know, I, it, I think Gardner could get best dressed just based off of he might wear flip-flops, um, but uh, I, he, he is one of my favorite people. I talked about this back in April. Um you know, the guy came in day one thinking he was going to be the starter. We draft Anthony Richardson. He never changed. He never changed who he was, his demeanor in the building, his uh, leadership style, his preparation, um, all these things that you look for in a great quarterback and in a great professional. Um, and obviously, he's got his quirks. He's got his – the legend of Gardner Mitchell goes on, right? But uh, I think what people don't see is how hard he works behind the scenes at his craft. And I think you've seen that um, throughout the weeks of him playing since Anthony got hurt. And Anthony got hurt in that game. Gardner goes right in, uh, never misses a beat, never misses a beat with the guys because he's, he's built that camaraderie with the locker room. Uh, so he's definitely one of my favorite teammates I've ever played with. Awesome. Well, you just told us that he wears flip-flops yep. potentially on December 1st. Yeah, I guess right. you that's the next line item on his legendary status. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> you and your wife, Emma, have been incredibly transparent in a lot of things that have gone on in your life, which we uh, find so helpful to a lot of people, and we commend you for it. We just wrapped up November, mm -hmm. which is Prematurity Awareness Month. Uh, why is this such a special thing for you and your wife and your family? Yeah, I mean... Um you know, our, our boys spent 90 days in the NICU in Nashville, and we're in a, a town we don't live in. Um, and, the, and the people, I think that this month highlights also the men and women that work every day to keep, you know, I mean, my babies, at one point, they were one pound, 14 ounces. So they were, I mean, they could fit in the palm of my hand. Um, and to see where they're at now, they're, you know, 12 and a half pounds, freaking adorable, laughing, giggling. Um, and I know that there's a reason that we were in Nashville at that time, and there was a reason that we were with those doctors and those nurses who have become not part of our family. So uh, that this month, uh, for me and Emma, um, it just means it you know, signifies the growth of you know every single baby that's in there. I mean, there's there's babies that never leave that um, that hospital. You know, fortunately, ours did, um, and they've and they've grown out and, and become beautiful babies. But uh, the men and women also who work there every day um, devote their life to bringing these babies and, and making them healthy. Uh, and, and bringing them along. And so um, we just can be more thankful and, and 
you know, praise God for, you know, sending these people to do this for a living. I mean, it's, it's truly amazing. I believe that that's what they've, we're meant to do. Um, and we're just so happy and, and, and thankful for this life that we have. Ford Patrick and Duke Thomas. Hell yes. That's awesome, Ryan. Awesome. We're happy for you. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you for talking about yeah, that. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, they, they really are. are. They really <laughs> are. Strong family. Uh, yeah, strong right. dad. Uh, thanks, Ryan. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Family, bro. Crazy, bro. Represent the brand. You know, it's my brother. You know, we're gonna be through this. We're gonna be through this for a very long time, man. And you know, gotta support him, man. He's doing it. He's doing it on the field, off the field as well. So this is easy for me, man. But let's do it. Appreciate it, bro. Oh. Let's do it. That was Jaguars linebacker Josh Allen surprising his teammate Trayvon Walker with the custom cleats that he will be wearing in awesome. Week 13 mm. against the Cincinnati Bengals. Here to tell us more about it is the man himself. Welcome into the show, Josh. What Allen. up, Josh? Let's go, baby. Josh. All right, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Oh, well, cool. we appreciate you getting up early and jumping on with us. Josh, that was a truly a heartfelt moment between you and Trayvon, talking about the cleats and his foundation that you're going to be supporting. Tell us why you're choosing his foundation and what it means to you in this My Cause, My Cleats campaign. I mean, for Trayvon, man, he's, he's a little brother to me. Uh, we go to war every day. I see him literally every single day of my life so far. And like, you know, we've grown so close to each other. And for me, you know, I don't have a foundation of my own yet. Uh, so for me to be able to support him, something that he puts a lot of time into, uh, you know, it's like I said in the, in the video, man, it's easy for me. Uh, so for me, to show support, show love to a great cause and, uh, and also to be there for him. So, you know, you say he's like your little brother, but to say you spend every day together, it's a lot of time. And I don't think you'd go out of your way saying that if you didn't have more to tell about the relationship that's most likely developed between you two. What's something like Trayvon Walker, that's a bad dude. What's something that makes him tick that you're like, even you, you're like, I won't go there with him. Like, wh- how do you get under his get under his skin? Uh, you know, we kind of got we kind of got good health boundaries with each other. Uh, you know, but one thing that I know that he's staying on business about is is the way, you know, when he's, you know, in the media, the way he uh, conducts himself, you know, he wants to be, you know, nobody messes with him, you know, because obviously his, his image is his image. Uh, so that's one thing that I always respected about him. So one thing that I don't play about, but anything else, you know, I could care less about it. Trayvon Walker Foundation plans to donate $4,400 44 times a year and it goes all to different charities around you guys and what he's looking up in his Georgia uh, native state Uh, I look at what you're doing every 
week, and you're putting up major numbers. Last week against the Texans, you were so good. You became the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. You mm. got to see Jay Stroud a number of times in this game, and you're going to be facing him twice a year for a long time in the AFC South. i got to ask, that was the second time you played him. They got you guys the first time. What's it like now, Jaguars, Texans, yeah. as this team has kind of been dormant the last few years, but now we could say maybe a budding rivalry. Man, I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, it's going to shine a little bit more light to our division. Uh, I do believe the other two teams are going to, you know, heck, when you look at the coach now, they're in a position to make the playoffs this year. So, you know, I think our division is going to be really, you know, very tight. Uh, and when you look at C.J. Stroud, you know, he's going to be one of the up-and-coming stars. I think we have the best quarterback in the division, who I think, you know, also in the AFC, in my, in my opinion, with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so for us, man, I think the best defense is going to win that game. Uh, obviously, you know, you know we're going to expect on offense on both sides. Uh, so whoever comes up on defense, I think uh, is going to win that game. And for me, to look at my matchup against Lerman Tunsil, I think he's one of you know, I think he's one of the best tackles in the game. So for me to to to, to take on that challenge, you know, twice a year is unbelievable for me. And 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 if I can you know win my matchups, I think I put it put this team in the best position to win. You do, you do, and you've done it all year. Josh, I want you to know we decided something as a show here at Good Morning Football. Back in October, after you beat the Falcons in London, you had three sacks. We had a conversation where, like, we're going to stop saying Jaguars Josh Allen when we refer to you. You got this thing that's been since you came to the league. You have the same name as a very famous quarterback who's on the Madden cover. Fact is, for stretches of this season, you've played better than him. Yet, when you Google Josh Allen, it's all these Bills things. You're just Josh Allen. We're not saying Jaguars Josh Allen. We're not saying defensive Josh Allen. How do you deal with that? Is it annoying? Do you roll your eyes at it? Or do you just play through it? Mm-hmm. I mean, my legacy speaks for itself. Uh... You know, when you, you know how to find me if you're looking for me. And that's all I can really say about that. You know, I'm going to continue to stand on my business and, you know, go, go about it the way I needed to go about it. You know, my teammates know who I am. My family knows who I am. I know who I am. And, you know, I'm going to continue to be that guy for my team. Mm. Absolutely love that. Uh, this past February, though, just days before the Super Bowl, you tweeted out this saying you had goosebumps just thinking about what the team in 2023 would be able to do. You're in the thick of it now. You guys are atop the division. It seems like you're cruising. You're playing some of the best football of your career. Tell us about this team and how far you guys think you can go. Man, I believe we can go all the way, but, you know, Coach Pete, because Pete obviously put it in our minds that this is one game at a time. You know, we're in a playoff run right now. And for us, man, every game is important. So we got to really hone in each week and really be ready to dominate. Uh, for me, thinking about last year, uh, you know, about myself, I don't think I played my best ball. And to see we went to the first round playoffs uh, was incredible. So for me, if I can challenge myself and if I can play at my best level each week to see how far we can go then. And... Uh, you know, I'm going to continue to be that guy for my team. And, you know, we want to continue to lead not only myself, but Foyer, Ray, uh, Cisco, Roy, Trey. You know, we got guys at each level that can really dominate a game. So, you know, we can continue to play at a high level, continue to play as a unit. Uh, man, the sky's the limit. And, you know, I'm excited to see how far we go. Josh, I'm curious. Um, I, I was with you in London on the sideline for that game, and I really respected what you shared with our crew, which was you made a very personal decision in the offseason to not participate in the team's OTAs and go about your work on your own in Arizona, away from your family. Do you feel that uh, the product that you yourself, as you stand on your business, as you say, that you're putting on the field, are you seeing the fruits of that very hard decision you had to make in the offseason? 
Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, life is, you know, you, you make a lot of hard choices in life and you have to stand on that. And for me, uh, that was a big, big step in my career. Uh, something that I had to take, something I had to really just separate myself from all others and just focus on work. Uh, and, and how bad do I really want it? And so for me, that was time for me to grow as a, as a human, you know, as a father, as a football player, as a brother. Uh, so for me to take that time away and to really sacrifice that time for myself and really, you know, when I can, I can't uplift the team, you know, I can't make a team better if I'm not better myself. So for me, that was my main focus to come back a better player than I was previous years and, and just fo really focus on dominating each week, uh, prepare the right way, take care of my body the right way, eat the right foods, and really dominate each week. And if I can do that, if I can prepare mentally, physically, and emotionally, you know, you know, I'll be ready to play each, you know, each week. Well, maybe, Josh, your time away from Jacksonville gave you good perspective on Duval County because we have a debate that we would like you to weigh in on. No. It has been no. a, a commitment by a fan <laughs> that everyone discovered in London with Crazy Jaguar fan. Mm -hmm. Do you side with Crazy Jaguar fan with the impeccable makeup or do you side with Jackson DeVille in a Speedo? Where do you <laughs> land on this debate? Talk about it. Who do you roll with? Uh, uh... You know, y'all put me in a, in a tough spot right yep. here. You know, I, I yep. love I love both of them. You know, Jackson DeVille, obviously, he's 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 one of the best mascots in the game. You know, you don't see yep. a lot of them jumping out of the dang sky or jumping in the pool. Well, we're the only team that have a pool. So, you know, I give him the edge of that. But then you have, you know, my mask fella who's, who's on the sidelines when we play, you know. <laughs> You know, yeah, you see him on the sidelines. We play the Saints, and I'm like, oh, there he is. <laughs> so he's definitely, he's definitely doing something for us. You know, he's getting a lot of eyes to Jacksonville. So you know, both of those, you know, those characters are, are huge for us. And I can't really decide because I don't want to pick a side. You know, I love them both. You know, yeah. they, you know, they just bring, they bring a lot of attention to us, and and we need all the attention that we can get. Mm. That they do. Two great representatives of Duval County. Right That's there. right. So, Josh, we yeah, appreciate you right. coming in, talking to us this morning. What's up, Josh? Thank you. See you, Josh. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Stay yes, well. Sir. Stay healthy. Good luck. Good luck. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.